someone who was not Max Verstappen won a race. Yeah, that's crazy. You're recording. I didn't even realize this. Please, I have to close my door because my dog has no manners. Feels like it's been so long. This has been a really long I, week. Li- we've lived so many lives. <laughs> we've lived so many lives since last week's episode. I'm, this is all being recorded. I'm so glad. I'll just send this to my therapist. You saying I'm just gonna... Oh, this is all recording. I'm just gonna send this to my therapist later. will probably be the intro to our show. <laughs> As it should be. Red Bull did lose. Oh my god. We have to keep reminding ourselves that Mac... <laughs> Did not win. Max indeed did not win. Max did not set a record of consecutive race wins. It did not happen. There was no Red Bulls on the podium. We It was... Oh, I'm still... It dog. was a weekend that felt like a Twilight Zone. Like, I was so hyped, and then I immediately forgot the next day that it actually happened. I, was, I had to be reminded. It all feels like a fever dream. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, literally five laps left in the race. Max was not going to win, and you and I were like, something's going to happen. I don't know what. Like, I don't, Everyone's just going to like hit the brakes and let him go by. I don't know what he's going to leapfrog. It, there's no way Max isn't going to win. And it happened. <laughs> so this week on Gridwalk, we get to freak out about someone who doesn't drive for Red Bull winning a race. What? <laughs> Well, the and it was a Ferrari? Like, what? If you asked me, like, let's just pretend like the season ended today. And if you asked me at the beginning of the season, you were like, Red Bull's going to win all but one race. What team would you bet on to win that second race? I don't think I would have put a single dollar on Ferrari. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I probably, yeah, no. I would have said at least three other teams before... Maybe four other teams, if I'm really, really? thinking about it. Yeah, but I think that's I just, just would have said Mercedes. Oh yeah, I would have. I would have started with Mercedes or Aston, depending on what point of the season it was, and just depending on how, you know, jazzed I'm feeling on that day that ends in Y. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do feel like the betting odds were on Red Bull to make a clean sweep of the season, but I think we're just both really thankful to have something different to discuss this week with you all. And every week we make an attempt to just make sure we're talking about interesting things. And it's always nice when F1 gives us something on a silver platter that's like, you don't need to try to come up with something interesting to talk about this week. It just happened. (laughs) So we're going to break down all the factors that contributed to Red Bull slipping up this weekend. Because I really think it was the perfect storm. And then we're going to use the perfect storm to predict if the storm is going to continue for the Japanese GP. Because I think that's what we're all holding our breath on. Was it the technical directive? We don't know. We will talk through it, though. We're also going to take a momentary detour between reviewing a race and previewing a race to discuss the many silly season rumors that are floating around the F1 news sphere this week. There are three drivers for two Alphatari seats. Has Logan Sargent officially lost his Williams seat for next year? And why is Sauber's 2024 seat still in the news, even though it seems like they were all announced already? We will, of course, attempt to predict certain aspects of the Japanese GP, but after we both put up big goose eggs for our Singapore GP predictions, I'm not feeling confident. Uh, But I've never been happier to be wrong about everything in my predictions. Because it was was just 
super okay with being wrong. I was really like, all right, I'll take all of this. There were some points where I was like, wow, are we going to do all of this and then get our positive Alex Albon point? But then, of course, you know, dreams do get crazy. We can't have everything. It can't be a perfect Sunday. I will lose every single prediction and have to be in that ice bath if it means we get more races that are that exciting. I agree. I agree. If we can remain tied 1-1 the rest of the season and Red Bull doesn't win, we can both take an ice bath and I'd do it happily. Yep, with a big smile. So that wraps up the Formation Lab for episode 35 of Gridwalk, a weekly Formula One podcast that believes there are fascinating stories to discuss across the entire F1 grid, but admittedly are very happy when they don't need to dig hard for those interesting stories because Carlos Sainz won the Grand Prix! Smooth operator. That's all I can say because of copyright probably. Yep. yep. Don't forget to like and subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, please don't copyright strike us. Follow and turn on auto downloads and leave us a review if you're listening on any audio platform. All things that greatly help support the show. Cold ground are lined up on the grid. It's lights out. And away we go. This week's grid walk. What lap of the Grand Prix did it sink in that Max was actually not going to win this race? How many, 60, how many laps Two. is this? 62? I believe. Probably 62. 61 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I mean, it, it got really close to the end because I just was so really, really hopeful. I didn't really start celebrating probably till lap 60, to be fair. <laughs> I also don't think I started celebrating until then, but I think it sunk in when he pit for the mediums. And it didn't look that much better. I was like, yeah, oh. there was no change, or not no change, but just like I was like, this isn't this isn't enough. It's it's not making a difference, and everyone's still just like going. And I, I, it was just so magical of watching like the first four cars like within two seconds of each other. Like so it's like I'm, I was like, this is magical. I feel, but it's like this. Yeah, this is how it should be always and it's so fun and great like yeah this is why f1 can be so fun and so great um i think it's reminded me that even though it it's great that it turned out well but f1 just needs a threat of another team winning like not every race actually large portions of this race were kind of boring because it's singapore and it's hard to overtake but overtaking just, doesn't make it a good race brianna yeah, okay, but, like, watching, like, <laughs> yes, yes, I agree with that statement, but we can't get in the weeds there because you're throwing my own words back at me. <laughs> um, but the, um, it's just that there was, like, even if Max ended up winning that race, like, the possibility and not having him draw, drive off into the distance is just so important. Like, you just need to be able to show up to a race weekend and, like, somewhat maybe kind of believe that another driver ha maybe has a chance. <laughs> And even still with everything in, like, free practice, it was like, what? Like, nah. There's... Right. Bull, what? Uh, okay. But sure. It'll not work out that way. And we've seen Max climb. And it was the quality of it all. I just... Of course, we live in two different time zones. And, you know, Saturday mornings and things. And I'm watching quality a little bit ahead of Brianna because I... She's sleeping as she should be. And... Yeah, quality 
was at 5 a.m. Yeah, it was me? like 5 a.m. for you. And you still woke up. It was like before six o'clock when you're like, I'm starting. And all I said was like, let me know when you start. No spoilers because there's a Lance stroll. Like, and I texted you these things like before the Liam Lawson occurrence. And I was just sitting there waiting. I'm like, Brianna, Brianna doesn't know that Max, there's going to be no Red Bulls in Q1 and, and, in Q3, wherever we are. I can't even, I, I, I can't. It was like, I was like experiencing it twice. <laughs> I know. I was just texting you screaming because I knew you already knew. So I could. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're like kind of bouncing around just like feelings about all the things that happened this weekend. It's because it's exciting. Sorry. Because it was so, there's so many things to talk about that yet I don't even know where to start or what to talk about. So like the Mercedes making a bold strategy choice and two stopping in Singapore. Wild. Carlos Sainz driving an incredible race where whether you believe him or not, the like incredible radio of Lando and DRS and it's, yeah, I want him there. Like, yeah, it's on purpose. Copy that. (laughs) Liam Lawson having like already this beautiful storyline of always wanting to go to the Singapore GP, then getting to fly his parents out to see him race in it because his parents could never take him to it. Then getting his first Q1, which or Q3, excuse me. Q, his yeah, first... right. I know, my <laughs> yeah. brain has it so backwards. But yeah, getting get... to Q3, knocking Max out, right. current world championship driver, bye-bye. Probably out. losing his AlphaTauri seat for doing so. Then then scoring his first points. like, And that's just like the positive storylines of the weekend because you also have Aston Martin still can't figure out their pace. You have, like... Esteban Ocon DNFing on his birthday. (laughs) That poor Alpine engine is just such crap. Logan Sargent just throwing away his seat. Yuki, for some reason, is having the cursed second season from hell where he can't even start a single Grand Prix at this rate. Like... Up and down, positive and negative, without the Red Bull of it all. This was just an insane weekend. Yeah, we would have had so much to talk about besides the Red Bull of it all. And then, holy moly, I wasn't ready. I really I just, again, lap 60, I was like, oh, what is, what do you mean there's no Max Verstappen podcast this week? I'm so confused. I didn't know they took weeks off except during, like, <laughs> summer break. I will... Like, I do think we need to, like, talk about our favorite part of the weekend, which is both my favorite and most frustrating part of the weekend, which is that Lewis Hamilton would have won that freaking race. Yeah. If, and there's two scenarios where he wins that race. Scenario one, which is he doesn't give the place back to Lando because he didn't need to give the place back to Lando because he had already made the move happen and didn't gain an advantage outside. Or two, if Mercedes just gruesome and swapped their cars so the considerably faster driver was in front and they could at least attempt to win the race and this is where everyone gets mad at us for not holding george russell's hand through all of this and the sad and the way yeah be faster make the move he was faster all weekend until it actually mattered yeah i you know we celebrated Lewis being on the podium 
Again, nothing against George. If I'm going to pick a Mercedes driver to be on the podium, that's what happened. And it was, he says on the radio, rookie mistake. And he was devastated in the media pen. He'll never forget it. But yeah, like I said it right at, while we're watching the race, right as George goes into the wall. Even before that, Lewis would be able to win this race. If we were screaming, 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 screaming. And I'm not actually super mad at Mercedes for not swapping the cars. I think they were trying to give the driver who was faster overall all weekend right. the opportunity to do it. I just think they need to make quicker decisions there. And like the coddling of George's feelings is like not fun to watch. Like, what has he done to earn so much coddling where it's like, oh, it's going to hurt his feelings if he needs to move over for Lewis Hamilton, the greatest driver of all time. Like, okay, yeah, except he's driving considerably faster and has proven that he can actually overtake a car. And, like, you can't overtake Lando right now. So, like, are you trying to win the race or are you trying to coddle your driver? Like, I don't... But, again, like, if that's how Mercedes wants to play it, like, I'm not super upset about it. I, I am frustrated with the inability for people to criticize George Russell that yeah. I'm seeing collectively, because George seems to do this thing that I don't fully, uh, that I don't think he gets enough crap for, which is George has decided at the beginning of the races in a very entitled way, this is at least how he's projecting himself, what he feels like he deserves in the race. And then when he doesn't get it, he seems to throw a temper tantrum. <laughs> And again, this is how he is projecting his himself to the public. So, like, I'm not saying that this... Who knows what he's like behind closed doors. But, like, a couple races ago, he seemed to throw a hissy fit about not being on the podium. This race, even before the end, he was like, I'm trying to win this race. It's like, what do you think the team is trying to do, too? Like, it's... One of those radios... I said this to you. It's like one of those radios that, like, you just know that drivers are knowing he's going to get, like, pulled to be on TV because it's just, like so part of the story it's like yeah everyone's trying to win and then it always goes down to that kind of conversation of like a driver deserving it and earning it and fighting for it and like it's you know when you fight for it the whole race but i don't know i felt like there were so many other opportunities that he could have tried to actually be fighting lando and like go for it i just know that i would i i just feel like it would have been the lewis p1 if it was a different teammate or different situation or if that uh, incident that with the wall the happened earlier. Said. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, if you're going to crash out, do it a couple laps earlier. Yeah, but yeah. It was like literally if this was like three laps, five laps <laughs> earlier, there would have been time to do it because that's what the math says. But I'm... I think there's no denying that George is really fast. Like, that's not the issue here. But there's definitely something mental that's going on here where like even the crash it seemed like he was so focused on doing whatever he was trying to do with lando that he didn't realize that there was a wall too wide yeah i i don't know i couldn't believe when it was happening i so much i was trying to process of like then my brain sees that and i'm just like oh gosh max can move up his space i just was in such panic throughout the whole thing I mean, he's he's won the championship so i i wasn't like, whatever. I was like, as long as Max isn't on this podium and I don't need to listen to the Dutch national anthem for one week, I was like, whatever. Right. On the flip side of the teammate stuff, though, I do think we have to acknowledge that Charles Leclerc played the ultimate teammate game this weekend and, like, good on him because that's hard. 
Like, oh. we saw George and unable to do it, and we have to commend Charles for, like, wow. <laughs> and especially given the season Charles has had and Ferrari has had and, you know, how, I mean, how badly any driver wants to have been that person, but f- for the next non-Red Bull driver to be a Ferrari driver and it to not have been Charles, I'm sure it was, like, real tough. Real, real tough. But shout out to the Mandalay Bay Hotel that he was staying at that, uh, oh, no, the Marina Bay Circuit put, uh, they had a piano in his hotel room to make him feel at home. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he oh um, played his feelings post-race. I can't wait to hear the song. <laughs> Singapore, <laughs> 23. My first podium of the Singapore GP is my favorite Merch, liveries, helmets, one-off Singapore specials, I guess is what I would call it. Um, And Nicole's going to be mad because nowhere on this podium is Lando's helmet. Boo! Oh my god, I am so disappointed if I had this. It honestly probably... Well, there's a golf livery. I don't know. I Maybe potentially P1. I was obsessed with Lando's helmet. It was... Lisa Frank threw up on it. It was great. Okay. I liked it. It is getting this current like casual honorable mention that and I knew how much you liked it so if I went this entire podium without saying it you would be upset yeah okay well now everyone knows my feelings on it continue um I was disappointed in the lack of sparkly helmets this year for this because last year almost every driver just like took their their helmet and made it sparkly so Mm -hmm. I want to just put out one complaint before my podium that no one really did that All right, P3, Joe Guan Yu's Year of the Rabbit helmet. I just like that he does a year of every single year. And I really like that Joe Guan Yu always does things that are around his culture. And I just think that's really, really missing in F1. Him and Yuki both like lean into where they're from and in a very European-dominated sport. I just love to see it. Plus, it's a cool helmet. It's a really fun, cool, cool helmet. P2, Checo's helmet for his 250th race. It's just fun. I like that he's commemorating a moment. And as much as we've given him a lot of crap this year, it's still cool that he's in the sport. <laughs> no, but I genuinely just really like the helmet design, and that's why it's here. And I Way to go to make... on being here! <laughs> I didn't mean to make it a backhanded compliment. That wasn't my intention. It's been a shit day. And then the golf suits, even better. Oh my god. Perfection. Absolute perfection. And I like that the whole pit crew got them. It's the the blue, the baby blue color is so good. And I really, really wish golf, whatever they're asking for, I need you to pay for it year round so we get these year round. Thank you. Powder blue is beautiful. We've seen Red Bull not win a race. We've seen Red Bull not podium. We've seen them not make it to Q3. So is it true? Ding dong, is Red Bull dead? Do we know? Why were they slow? Do we have any sort of answers? Or are we really just going to like have to wait for Japan? Is there anything that we can figure out from Singapore? Yes. The answer to that question is yes. I think... 
we can divide this into a bunch of categories. I don't think Ding Dong the Witch is Dead is what we're dealing with here at all. Boo! I'll I mean, say I that know, up front. But... Yeah, but like, at least I'm not confident saying it now. But I have been able to like break down what happened this weekend, and then we can go through each thing that did happen and figure out if that's applicable to Japan or not. I think the first thing to look at, though, is were they actually slow in the race? And because things can happen, particularly on a street circuit, and then you get caught behind cars and unable to pass, and like there's things like that that could happen. I think the reality is their pace was off this weekend. So if that part wasn't a mirage, it wasn't like Max was going super fast and just like everything was being thrown against him that we're going to talk about and like, like, oh no, it was just unlucky. Like between laps 46 and 62, Max was on new mediums in relatively clean air. Between laps 46 and 58, Lewis was on new mediums and in relatively clean air because that's when he was chasing down everyone. Lewis's average lap time over that period was a minute 36.8, and Max's was a minute 37.5. So that's a 7 tenth difference. That's normally what we see reversed, essentially. And, like, tripled? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, because Red Bull did this alternate strategy to all the other teams, it's those are the only, like, they're on the track at the same time with the same fuel levels on the same tire with the same life that I can do. That's the only comparison I can do. And I chose Lewis because his lap times were faster than George's. George's will be closer to Max's lap times than Lewis's. But if we're just trying to like compare ultimate pace, if we're assuming that Max's pace is the ultimate pace to Checo, which it was, and Lewis's was to George, blah, 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 blah. Done with my caveating. <laughs> Deep breath. Um, I just could like hear the, the, the screamings and the yappings. Uh, I've already been mean enough to George Russell today. Um, so the pace deficit was real. And it wasn't just a tire offset or something like that. Uh, so we that is the part of this that we can't one-to-one -one be like, well, because their pace did struggle and that was real, that we are going to know what happens in Japan. Right. Because, I mean, everyone is either like, technical directive! Or just how it was set up like there's now like a thousand different Other, things for that yeah right. so one thing i will throw out is so many people are like was it the technical directive and of course we don't know but i think something to keep in mind is that the teams have known about this technical directive for much longer than us they probably have been testing things out at least in free practice on these cars for weeks now to make sure that there wasn't just like, ah, the technical directive is in effect and this is our new front wing that doesn't do it. Like they've probably been testing out their front wings for a couple weeks now. We haven't seen an issue with Red Bull in free practice in any of the like last three or four races. So I, I'm hesitant to say that it's the technical directive. That doesn't mean it's not true. I'm just hesitant to chuck it over there. But there is something about upgrades that did happen to Red Bull this week, which is that for the first time since probably the start of last season, Red Bull brought an upgrade and it didn't work. And that's completely normal across F1 teams. You've seen it happen to absolutely every other team on the grid, probably three times in the last year and a half. But Red Bull in this regulation set, this is the first time this has really happened to them, 
where they brought a very expensive new floor. They rushed it to the track. There's, they only could manufacture two of them, so they were only going to run it on one driver anyway. And it performed so badly, first on Max, and then they tried it on Checo and did the comparison both ways, that they just didn't even run it. They were just like, nope, not even trying. Yeet that out of here. That is so crazy. Just thinking the amount of time, brain power, money, all of that of like this. And then it's like immediately like, nope, yeet this out of here. We got not a lot of current data, da, 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 X, Y, Z. Wow. And we spent a lot of the year, last year and a half talking about Mercedes, like correlation issues, like what they're seeing in the wind tunnel, is it matching what's on track? And then we would always kind of give this caveat and everyone would like, well, this is not just a uniquely Mercedes issue. Like other people deal with this. Like, look, you know, Ferrari brought this upgrade and it didn't do what they hoped to. Aston Martin's second half of the season has really just been a whole string of bringing upgrades and then not matching. Red Bull has been off in fairy tale land where everything has worked perfectly and for the first time something didn't. And they probably ran every single simulation for this race in prep assuming that this floor would work at least for Max. It doesn't I, feel good. <laughs> yeah, it feels good but it still makes me feel scared because Sunday felt so good and I want Japan to also be fun but I just don't feel like as good about it no <laughs> yeah well let's talk about a couple other things that made sunday so fun for us but less fun for red bull something that probably made the race must much worse for red bull despite the pace issues is that they're the only team that didn't get to take advantage of the safety car so red bull for the first time again in season and a half plus made a strategy faux pas They've been so perfect and so on the nose where I don't know why they didn't split their strategies. They had both their drivers start on hards, which they knew was going to be the opposite to the entire field. And then when the safety car came in at the perfect time for everyone to take off those mediums and not a great time if you're on hards, everyone else got to pit under the safety car at the track where the penalty of going and pitting is the largest all season. Yeah, that so, was crazy confusing seeing Red Bull basically like doing the opposite in a way that we're all like, what are you, you, you you're, you're doing what I, I'm not an engineer or strategist and I would have not made the call that Red Bull made. Like it's. They forced themselves into that call when they started on right. the hearts. Right. And like, and there's the chance it could have worked in like some possibility but yeah because if they own. pit then for the mediums they would be locking themselves into a two-stop right. which the only reason a two-stop was going to work for mercedes is because they ended up with the uh the, ability to pit yeah, without yeah. having to overtake a ton of cars they were really just giving up george russell's p2 um and then he gave up a lot more than that uh but they should have just started one of their drivers on mediums. Like, you should have started Max on the mediums. But clearly that shows how much they didn't trust their pace, that they had mm -hmm. to, like, do something bold in the strategy department. But then they got even unluckier because when they finally did pit, a lap and a half later there was a VSC, and they could have pit under the VSC, which is when Mercedes pit. So it felt so good to see. Like, it just, it felt... I was just, Karma is my boyfriend, playing, like, the entire time. I was like, this is so fun, until I'm crying in Japan, but. 
Right. Um, and then they didn't have enough of a pace delta for their, like, super DRS to work, essentially. <laughs> That's really, like, they. it's hard enough to pass in Singapore. They struggled with it. Max eventually got ahead of everyone he was faster than. Yeah. Checo just turned his car into a battering ram with everyone around him. But Max, like, got up to where the car's pace should be because, of course, he was going to. Yeah. You know. Uh, So why was Red Bull so slow? We don't actually know why they were so slow, but I think the lack of being on the podium this weekend more had to do with the failed upgrade, their bad strategy choices, and luck in the race than anything else. I'm sure if Max qualified a little bit better, like if he actually made it to Q3 and probably put the car in six through eight or something is probably where he would have ended up. He probably could have overdriven the car to a podium position. So what does that mean for Japan? Well, we're going to actually see if it's the technical directive. That's what Japan's going to tell us. I don't think I'd put my betting chips in that quarter right now, but it'd be fun. At least we got like a street circuit that we didn't listen to. Checo is the king of street circuits the whole time. No, but instead, for the about five minutes where I actually listened to the actual F1 broadcast, they like changed that narrative to now Lando is king of the streets or whatever. I was going to say that you're just, it's going to just get replaced with Lando. It's lazy analysis. And like maybe go with one of the drivers that actually wins. It's a haul. This is, I can't believe you bought these. (laughs) Like, like I, there are a few moments of, in our friendship, I've ever felt, like, true concern. This is one of them. Well, to be fair, it was a shit day, so I'm not in my right frame so of mind. So you were like, let me go buy a four-pack of Red Bull that have Checo and Max on them that will definitely make me feel better? No, I understand that that's completely out of character and why you're concerned right now. But it's still confusing and unusual for me to see these faces in the grocery store. Yeah. And, okay, cause, so for anyone listening, if this does end up in the podcast, the um, I live in Southern California. And uh, so the closest race to here is Vegas. Like, but we don't normally, like, get, like, I'm not in downtown LA or something. Like, I don't, seeing any kind of F1-related advertising is confusing and not normal. So I saw it, and I went, that's an F1 car in my grocery store today. And I actually wanted to see if the cans were special, so let's open it. I bet they're not. I bet they're not. I'm hoping. No, are they? Oh my god, they're actually really cool. I hate that they're cool. No, are they really F1 cool? I... <gasps> oh no, they are so cool. Hold on, let me let me adjust my lighting really fast. Oh wow. Oh my god, we did something so weird in our lives to be so obsessed with marketing and not, I mean, when I say weird, no, I'm not going to say certain things. Yeah, no, and like, look at the car. Look, I'm going to take a better photo of this and I'll insert it into the YouTube video because without the big glare from my ring light, but these are really cool. I'm glad I bought them. Wait, those are so cool. Is it max? Like, is there a number on the car on the can? 
Oh yeah. Is this like when I got that Max. shirt from Hollister, the McLaren shirt, and we were like trying to figure out like which McLaren it was, and we determined it was Daniel Ricardo some way somehow. Um. Yeah, I need to figure out how we knew it was Daniel. It was Ricardo, his helmet or something. Yes, we it, out it was something like that. No, it's very clearly, very obviously Max with the like big one on the car. Of course. Um, but like both of them are on the can. This is a really fun thing. Uh, for those of you who don't know, these specialty cans are like a like for this contest they're running. I guess that would be the, the thing. Which I haven't really looked into what the contest contest is, but it's. Got what it takes, redbull.com slash tryouts. So I think it's some sim racing thing. I but... don't have what it takes. I, no. I learned so quickly in an F1 simulator that I should not ever do this. Okay, but we also did it one time and didn't, and it also wasn't, we were driving a Le Mans car, I believe, but... All of that aside, this is really cool. I am glad I spent my money on this. I do actually like the taste of Red Bull, so these won't go to waste. But other teams do fun things, and someone please convince Monster to sell the Lewis Hamilton ones here. I don't understand why I can't get a Lewis Hamilton Monster. But I check cool. every single time. I look at every single wall of Monster and every bodega in New York City. Oh my gosh, that is so cool! Monster, give us the Lewis Hamilton, like, sugar-free, I'll, I'll buy it. I, I might not even right. like it, but I will give you my money. Celsius, give us some limited edition Ferrari stuff. I have a fridge full of Celsius. I'm blaming Ferrari on that not already of happening. Yeah. Ha but happening? I guess if you needed uh, more uh, proof that I was emotionally unstable today. I bought a four pack of Red Bull with Max's face on it. Yeah, I'm big concerned. About to fly to California for an intervention. This is strange. We had the whole series about me maybe buying Daniel Ricardo Red Bull merch, and you literally bought Red Bulls with Max Verstappen on them. But that's I fine. <laughs> I got it. I was just like, F1 in real life. So some of my favorite podiums that we get to do for race weekends is favorite quotes of the weekend. Because between radios, interviews, fan interactions, boy oh boy, do these drivers say the darndest things. That's the nicest way I've ever heard it being. <laughs> the darndest things. They say like the darndest I, things. I feel like you need to be like in the south with some like sweet tea. <laughs> like, oh, well, oh they, shucks, okay. Those well, boys. this is also <clears throat> pop culture reference to the. Oh well, I guess Bill Cosby used to host this. I think I don't know. There's the show Kids Say the Darndest Things, and it's like a great show from uh -huh. the '90s. But I think we should probably bring this back with F1 drivers. <laughs> now we're on the tangent that is so far and away from where we need it to be. Of my quotes, my. Top three favorite quotes of the Singapore GP weekend. So, my P3 is a little bit of a cheat because it is not a single quote. It is anything about the lizard. Yeah. Pierre's Godzilla is back. Charles, lizard is having his best life. Checo, just taking the sunshine. Lando saying exactly what I would have said if I was an F1 driver. There's a lizard thingy on turn eight. 
all of them every time i was waiting for them they were great it was incredible shout out to the lizard well also rest in peace to the lizard because i'm pretty sure it was discovered that fernando alonso ran it over and that's why aston martin had a bad weekend karma karma (laughs) my p2 favorite quote of singapore gp weekend Max's post-quality radio. (laughs) And I quote, I don't know if you saw that, but that was shocking. Absolutely shocking experience. End quote. That that is so dramatic. I want that tattooed. I want the literal radio tattooed. I love it. Catch me saying absolutely shocking experience over and over again forever and ever. Angry villain Max, best Max. Max is a better character for the show when he is cursing his mind out on the radio. It's so fun. There were so many great radios and I had limited myself to like one Max Verstappen temper tantrum quote. So my P1 quote of the weekend, fans asking Liam Lawson, are you in trouble with Red Bull yet? Fans interacting, I always give me my absolute favorite driver quotes, basically anything they say. I don't think they're really thinking when they're being spoken to by fans. Liam signing a bunch of autographs day after quality, race day, duh. And a fan is filming him saying, hey, are you in trouble with Red Bull yet from yesterday? And Liam responds, not yet. Incredible iconic he probably will not have a seat next year and maybe it'll be daniel ricardo fingers crossed and that's okay because that was iconic thank you liam i've gained so much respect for you this weekend he said the quiet thing out loud we are at the last that we have like four seats to figure out for 2024 it's the very end of silly season rumors i'm missing a seat it might be well i think i was lumping in the second red bull seat if i'm being completely honest okay that's uh, four okay yeah it's the three the three red bull seats and the williams seat Mm -hmm. is what we're waiting on announcements about that was the math that i was mathing yeah and i think there's a dilemma where there now seems to be no driver for the second red bull seat and three drivers for both for two alfatari seats which is, and, you know, what, what's the saying? Like, if you have, oh, it's, this is a football saying. Like, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Yeah. Like, I feel like right now Red Bull is like, oh, we have an abundance of so many good drivers. We don't know who to put in our Alphatari seats. But, like, none of those drivers are good enough for the second Red Bull seat. So, like, mm. But this is a very long, meandering intro to really just ask you the question. There was a report this week that it's going to be Yuki and Daniel Ricardo. Of course, that means that the very exciting Liam Lawson is going to be left out of a seat. How are you, the very emotionally conflicted Daniel Ricardo fan, feeling about all the rumors? Are you feeling good? Do you feel like there's going to be an announcement? Blah, 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 blah. After things that I have learned in this sport, um, I will never believe anything until there is an F1 graphic about it because I have seen plenty of an Instagram story telling me one thing and then four months later I'm crying on the track at Austin staring at a McLaren garage and you know things are lies so 
I like to read rumors and then I'm like, okay, I will file that for a later place for me to not to emotionally process. I feel very great and lovely and fully normal about it. Um, <laughs> you, you sound very convincing that you are in a good emotional state right now about the Daniel Ricardo seat for Formula Panics One. in quiet for audio listeners. Um, I would love it. I mean, I, 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 it is an unbelievably terrifying experience of like seeing Liam do so well. And like that could yeah. be anything and like who knows what like is in his Wheaties for breakfast and just like it's a beautiful like perfect storm of like Liam being able to like have the exact opposite experience of Nick DeVries when like this is the seat that Daniel Ricardo was in of that I needed him to stay in. My initial response is if I'm trying to create content for the podcast that we have <laughs> <laughs> and not cause myself emotional distress. Yay, Daniel. Obviously, you want to pick him and have him stay. Two, I feel shocked that they're keeping Yuki, given everything going on. Just, like, from words and things, not from my personal beliefs. I do enjoy Yuki. I would love to see them both together as, like, actual teammates for an entire season. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think we'd get a lot of marketing out of it. I would be very surprised to be seeing, like, a Daniel Ricardo announcement so very soon after... Like, we haven't seen so much performance. Two, he's injured. He, like, is coming off of a major surgery and, like, I, who knows what you're literally signing into that car. Um, and Liam has proven that he can score points in the Alphatari somehow, question mark, given everything else going on. But, like, still, he did it. Yeah. I'm, I was surprised to see these Yuki Daniel rumors more that, not that I think that that's an unrealistic lineup for next year. I'm just was surprised to see them. Because to me, at this point, it kind of feels like we're not going. It's it's going to be like they're going to bring two drivers to testing and we're going to find out in February like who's driving the AlphaTauri seats. Like, yeah, it's like super weird. And then if like that's the announcement, then Checo's, in my brain, then Checo's staying. Yeah. It, also, in the last week and a half, there's been a ton of, like, oh, Checo's out, or Checo's looking for his own options, other places on the grid. Like, I mean, look, with what's happening and going on with Checo, I would also be looking for other places to drive on the grid right now. So, it, all of this leaves me uneasy that there is an announcement that is yet to be made. Because I can think of a lot of teams across the grid that would love to put Sergio Perez in their car and who would boot out potentially drivers also currently in those cars in order to put Sergio Perez. So it just, it feels like there's a shoe drop situation that we're going to get at some point, but it's hard to predict when. Do you want to throw out any hot takes or do you feel like you don't want to do that? Like, are you... Like, like, is it like a major boot? Like, are we going to be seeing like a Checo at Ferrari or are we going to see no. not ignoring that this. Checo would... has to agree to this? And no, no, no. Like... It's not about that. I just think there are two lineups that are locked in. I, I don't think Mercedes or Ferrari is going to change their driver lineup. Right. I would also say that I don't think Aston can without getting litigious with Fernando Alonso, and I don't know why they would replace Alonso with Perez at this point. 
And everyone so, like, can just stop going to the comment section and telling us they should get rid of Lance because for all of the reasons we know we that's not going to happen. Like, it's, like why do we all waste our energy even talking about it? Um, <laughs> that's why so I like, I, just don't. Yeah. So I would say, like, that leaves five other teams on the grid. Like, I think if Perez walks up to Alpine, Haas, Alfa Romeo, Williams, what team am I missing? I don't know, but I just literally imagine. I you, I just McLaren. imagine yeah. Gunther's face, like of Checo, like knocking on his manager office door and being like, "I want to drive for you," and then him being like, "Kevin, I'm yeah. so sorry." Except that it would it probably would be like bleep 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 Kevin bleep 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 like right, but <laughs> like it would literally like the Gunther. Wow, give me that episode of Drive to Survive, like, right now. Yeah. I don't think McLaren would... Well, I think the McLaren interesting thing is that if Lando went to Red Bull, which is still being talked about and rumored, like, I I just feel like there is movement opportunity for Checo, that Checo might himself initiate with heavy pushing from Voldemort. That would be some banana land musical chairs if we got like a Lando Checo swaparoo. Like Yeah. I don't I mean I don't brain goes like uh, there's yeah. a really scary image in my brain of like a Lando Max pairing at Red Bull of like Wow. I can't I even want imagine it so badly. Like, I know it would just be it would be such an disaster. incredible narrative. I'm just Right? Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. The other silly season things is I'm seeing joint rumors that Sargent both is re-signing with Williams for, for, for next year and that he's completely lost it. And then I've seen like six different people attached to that seat. I'm yeah. kind of on the side where I think he's lost the seat. You know, I just, I'm so torn on this one. I think I'm so more, my brain's falling on this side of he lost the seat. I mean, he he has the least amount of points of every, like, driver on the grid. And if he has, oh my god, now I'm trying to figure out if he has points in my real world. I think he's finished higher than Daniel Ricciardo. I think Daniel Ricciardo and Nick DeVries are below him on the standings. Oh, well, that's when it comes into the whole, like... Okay. But yeah. but I get your point. It's I think it's more the crashing. I think that they needed him to take a step up. And it's like not about scoring points, but it's about just showing pace. And being able to yeah. Finish the I, race. I think I, I'm have this bias and this like hope of Mick Schumacher coming back and I would just also love to see Mick with Alex in a place that is Williams connected that like has a wolf family connection and that oversight and just yeah <sighs> no offense to logan but I, mean, I love Mick. Yeah, I I mean, Mick back. yeah i don't think you and i were really big like we want an american driver we're not really big logan sergeant fans i got so- enough americans in my sports i'm really fine there's yeah. enough in football I mean, not that I would not love to see an American driver in F1. I think that would be really cool. I just don't think it's unbelievably necessary. Right. It I don't doesn't think really change my enjoyment. Everyone's just losing to Max, except for I just weekend. want Right. I just want the best of the best drivers. I right. do not personally yeah. care where they're from. I think it's yeah. cool if there's an American driver, but if you're not best of the best and you can't not crash, then... 
No. It's been hard to watch him spiral because there was a moment there where we you kind of felt like he was going to be able to take a step up. But yeah. No. So I I guess I'm at the point where I'd be disappointed if they announced him as the seat for next year. There's so yeah. many drivers trying to get into F1 who would be exciting for a seat in F1 and just giving him another year feels unexciting. Yeah, all the other rumored drivers that I've seen thrown around could be get very interesting. Uh, we have talked about silly season for way too long, so before we move to the Japanese GP, I need to just mention that Joe Guan Yu was announced that he's going to stay with Sauber next year. I'm probably going to go and start calling them Sauber because just a reminder that Alfa Romeo is just a title sponsorship that's getting stripped, so for one year they're going back to Sauber next year, and then they become Audi in name. So just r- reminder that that's going to get confusing. But I'm already confused. I'm so confused. I mean, I'm not confused, but like it's but like, too it's, many names. It's a lot. Yeah, it's Sauber. They're Sauber. But more, apparently, no. I'm just glad we have more. Like oh I, gosh, that I didn't. Goodness. I felt unsettled. It was yes. like it's not his fault. No, he's they having a fantastic. Romeo is the way that it is. Yeah. So there are rumors, though, that there are two different parties in the Sauber group and i think of course there are because alfa romeo's leaving there's the sauber management and then audi's coming in there's probably like 17 different parties that are trying to influence who the driver in that team is so but i'm with you like if we lost joe i would have been so sad especially after having such a good year where like i think everyone believes that valtteri is a great driver and joe's having a much better year than he is so yeah it's a rough car yeah oh such a bad car all right, final podium of the Singapore GP. And it's I'm, what I'm calling be- is best media of the weekend. So just things, teams, drivers, people put out into the media ether <laughs> that I just loved. Um, this one does have an honorable mention. My honorable mention is the Ferrari Oppenheimer edit. Someone spent so much time on that. Someone spent so much time on that. Ferrari, in my opinion, sometimes is just too buttoned up, but this is a way that they can be buttoned up and fun and lean into pop culture. I really liked it. It was so good. P3, Red Bull's The Max Verstappen Podcast Will Return Tweet. Look, we give Red Bull a lot of crap for a lot of things, but they know how to have fun on social media, and I'm glad that this weekend, as bad as it was, gave them an opportunity to put out a stellar tweet. I just feel like they had that sit in the drafts in case Max ever lost. <laughs> right. And I also just appreciated that they were vague and they said soon. Because I would also like it to return soon, but maybe not this weekend. P2, everything that Alex Albon did for his launch. So I don't think that this, like, it wasn't in the weekend that he did his great boardroom video with all his pets. But I just loved Fernando Alonso and Yuki wearing the shoes and all the fun things he did with his girlfriend. And, like, he really leaned into, I'm releasing this fun merch item and I'm just going to talk about it all weekend. So I enjoyed it. And last but not least, P1 Best Media of the F1 Weekend is the F1 Juniors broadcast. Those kids are absolute rock stars. The adult in the room, who I apologize, I didn't look up your name, you are fantastic at corralling them, but you're not 
talking down to them. He's just like directing them in the right direction, giving them cues. I learned more on the F1 Juniors broadcast than I've ever learned anywhere else because they're not dumbing down the sport. They're just talking through things. I loved every single second of it. Every time it's offered, I will only be watching F1 Juniors from now on. Just 100% hope we get more F1 Junior opportunities, more opportunities to have like broadcasts I mean, even more heads up. I mean, it was a very pleasant surprise to right. be like, oh my God, we're going to get F1 Juniors broadcast and didn't even know necessarily like what that meant until basically Friday when they announced it. So exciting. It makes me very hopeful for where they're going with the sport that they're going to continue to do this. And I foresee it becoming more available and more regular. And oh my gosh, my Sundays are already going to be a lot more fun and exciting. And the avatars. Avatars are great. Avatars are wonderful. Avatars. Liam Lawson's looks a little older than I think it should look, but that's okay. <laughs> it was a rush job. It was a it rush, was a rush job. job. They just took Kevin Magnuson and took away the facial hair. You're right. That is what it is. Um, did Cam watch F1 Juniors? I don't know if he has yet, but next time I see my favorite seven-year-old will sit down and watch it and I will definitely make sure to show him F1 Juniors or at least some clips of it because I know he'll absolutely adore it. Yeah, you have to report back on what he thinks because like, well, it, we are definitely not the target audience even though I think we are benefiting from the fact that it exists. I just, I would love to hear from an actual seven-year-old. Yes, yes. I'm sure he'll love it because especially he's been reading his Red Racer books like nonstop as his new favorite bedtime stories books is his A to Z's of everything in racing. It's so exciting and fun. And he's like, I know what a halo is. And I was like, I love this. So uh, really exciting, really hopeful. We'll keep you posted. Report back when I speak to the seven-year-old. <laughs> Japan! The hardest race for me to watch on the East Coast. It's so stressful because I like to sleep and I'm old. I really do enjoy the uh, 10 p.m. on my coast start times. I mean, it's definitely later than I would stay up, but it's it's flip a coin. Do I want to be watching the Singapore GP at 5 a.m.? Or do I want to be watching the Japanese GP at 10 p.m.? And I think I would prefer the Japanese GP at 10 p.m. Because I can at least sleep in Sunday morning and recover. Yeah, we'll see how jazzed and energized I feel for Japan. But I think I'm also registering now that this is basically my Vegas also. But that is a future me That's problem. Future you problem. Who doesn't need to worry about that right now? Because we're here to predict Japan. Uh, so we do predictions for every race weekend. Uh, we'll go through all of them. You'll see what we predict. We don't predict P1 because 9 out of 10 times it is Max Verstappen. Actually, the odds are much higher than 90%. I, I know, don't now know it's, I, I guess, how many races? It's 14, 13 out of 15 times. Uh, is, I don't know, math. It was Carlos last! <laughs> yeah! I was just very, yeah. Um, so we reset our picks after summer break. Uh, we are now tied at one point apiece because we both didn't score any points for two out of three race weekends. The loser... We are number one. <laughs> We're both not losing. Um, <laughs> the winner of the predictions at the end of the season 
gets to watch and laugh as the other person does an ice bath, like the drivers do post-race. So we're both trying pretty hard here, because neither of us actually want to have to get in an ice bath for Mm -mm. the podcast. Um, So, since we don't pick P1, P2. Nicole, who'd you go with this week? Oh, I'm gonna regret it later. Maybe not. I don't know. But I do have Carlos Sainz as P2. I just swore off ever predicting Ferrari doing anything, but... It would be very Ferrari to have a disaster weekend this weekend. I know. such a good weekend. Uh, But... I think what the Singapore GP taught me is that in this post-technical directive world, I don't think I understand what's going on with the teams right now. I need Red Bull to show us what's going on before I really understand anything, which is why I just leaned into, I'm going to pick Lewis Hamilton again for P2 this week, because I, that would make me happy. <laughs> that, that, that definitely feels, uh, feels very fair. Um, <laughs> I had contemplated just wanting to keep Lewis there, but then I was... Worrying about bad juju. I don't know. Lots of things. And I was like, thank you, Carlos. Okay. So then we go right into P3. Yes. My P3 are debated here. Going back and forth. I have Lando Norris in P3. Ah, so I see you mentally shifted the Singapore GP down and just slotted Max Verstappen back in in P1. Like maybe a little bit. And it was... Kind of by accident that I did that. Um, But it was more my brain's thinking of teams, upgrades, drivers that I think will be places. But now I'm realizing that I did just shift Singapore down. Wasn't on (laughs) purpose, but. But it happened. It happened. Well, I'm going with a Ferrari in P3, but I'm going with Charles. Okay. I know he's had a rough couple and rough in comparison to his teammate a couple weekends. But I don't know. Something I'm this is this is all gut. I'm just going with gut this week. And my gut is telling me to put Charles Leclerc in P3. And my gut, which I will continue to ride until the bit's done and I can't ride it anymore. I have Alex Albon is my P ten. Last in the points, even though I think there potentially could be some room to go higher. I just, after last week, just as long as he's P10, I'd take that. That makes sense. I have a Pierre Gasly and P10. Oh, we got an Alpine. Yes. Mostly, I just don't know what to do with Alpine and Aston Martin. And I can't predict which Alpine will have an engine explode this week, but it will probably be one of them. So, I don't know. Gasly, P10. Cool. Again, gut feelings. I just looked at P10 and I went... That feels right. Yeah. I mean, that's really what we have to go on until we see Japan. Because if if Red Bull has another oopsie-daisy kind of weekend, then I don't... My predictions are going to be really messed up for the rest of everything. If you told me, even three weeks ago, that we would be entering this state of the season and I would feel uncomfortable and not know the, like hierarchy going into this i i wouldn't have believed you if you told me a week ago i would have been like i what do you mean anyway yeah (laughs) yeah who do you have as your last to cross the checkered flag last to cross the checkered flag i have mr valtteri botaz 
I don't feel good about the Alfa Romeos this weekend. Oh gosh, do you also have No, I just realized when making my predictions, I forgot that the Alfa Romeos existed. That's such a good <laughs> prediction because they're so slow that I forgot they existed. <laughs> Joe Guan Yu is just there to provide great fashion and Valtteri Bottas is just there to have a mullet. I forgot they actually drive on Sundays. Well, because a lot of the time they don't finish. And sometimes they do, but it's usually towards the back. Hence my pick. Oh, it's a great prediction. I'm just distressed at myself. Again, it was a shit day. I don't know what to tell you. Well, to be fair, it might not happen. So who do you have last to finish? Logan Sargent. Oh, yeah. I mean, not impossible and also still very likely. Yeah. I feel like I've just keep picking Haas. And while that did work out one time, I just... I always feel bad just taking the same driver as the last finish. I feel feel the need to shuffle around the honors. Uh, but something I did not shuffle around this week is I will continue to put Mercedes as my team, not named Red Bull, to score the most points. And I will also continue to pick Mercedes because I will hedge my bets and want to try to get points. So although it does not align with my other points no. and things picked, I also have Mercedes just in case because I do believe. Welcome back to Yellow Sector Notes. Not the fastest walk around F1, but we will complete a full lap around the paddock, hitting almost every F1 garage. Again, Haas was a little boring this week. All right. Really, like, Gunther, go make some news, please. <laughs> Behind the curtain here, every week before Yellow Sector Notes, I'm like, Nicole's like, what, what teams are you missing? Can I help you fill in some gaps for some stories? And every week I'm like, Haas. Haas. <laughs> Alvatari. Well, okay. Yeah. Haas always. Always Haas. It's Haas and like a couple other, yeah. So let's get into the Yellow Sector notes. Starting out with my favorite note of the week, which is that Lewis Hamilton was nominated for People's Sexiest Athlete of the Year. Now, admittedly, he's going up against stiff competition, not because they're sexier than Lewis Hamilton, but because they're all like NFL players and this mostly American audience. So go vote for Lewis Hamilton. If you still can by the time you're listening to this, I forgot the end date. Also, another Lewis Hamilton note this week, he is dropping his special uh, plus 44 line for the Japanese GP. Nicole in the YouTube video is modeling last year's, which I also have. It was a really cool collaboration. This year, he's also collaborating with a local Japanese artist for it. Similarly, Joe Guan Yu teased something coming soon with a famous Japanese streetwear designer. I'm super excited to see whatever he cooks up there because I, Joe has merchandise, but it's only available in China. So I just want him to do something global. It'd be really cool. Xbox has signed an agreement to sponsor Alpine starting this weekend. Speaking of merch, Esteban Ocon dropped his merch line, which includes two Essie Bessie themed items, including one that says, Essie Bessie's on the podium, baby! Max has a special helmet for this weekend. Ferrari is rumored to be bringing a big floor upgrade for the Japanese GP. Williams will continue to run their Gulf livery this weekend, which I am hyped about. Uh, McLaren will also continue to run their stealth livery, which makes a lot less sense for a day GP. Um, background to this, they're not going to like fly a new car in because they're basically taking the car uh, from Singapore and just it went to Japan. So there's not a lot of time to switch up liveries, which is a positive in one case with Williams and kind of a con in McLaren, depending on how you feel about that livery. Lando McLaren just dropped Mexico GP merch. 
And last but not least, Adidas is rumored to be in a bidding war with Hugo Boss over the AlphaTauri title sponsorship for 2024. I have to say that I'm partial to Adidas winning this. Not because I think Hugo Boss isn't a cool brand, but I just love the idea of a three-stripe livery. And that is the grid walk for September 21st, 2023 completed. How was my sector time today, Nicole? Faster than Taylor Swift broke the Google servers today. Thank you to VoiceOver Man. Thank you to Red Bull for just like giving us a week off. And our four-legged executive producers. If you're an audio listener, oh, wow, you look beautiful today. Don't forget to follow, turn on auto downloads, rate and view the pod. If you're watching on YouTube, oh my gosh, you look stunning. Your hair looks like extra good today. Did you just like do it? I don't know. It looks just fabulous. Before you leave, subscribe, like the video, leave us a comment. Do I need to fly out to California to have an intervention about Brianna buying Red Bulls with Max's face on it? Because I'm a little concerned about her current mental state. You should be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Me too. Very frightening, but shout out to Red Bull for a really cool can. Anyway, comment on our video. Let us know your thoughts of everything that happened on the pod this week or anything you'd like to hear us talk about. You commenting, you interacting, you have no idea how much it helps out our podcast. And we really, really appreciate you doing it. And you have no idea when we send screenshots of every single comment that we get. Oh, ah, it's so exciting. So thank you so much for making our day every single time that you do that. Also, join us for daily walks, uh, woo, daily grid walks on social media. You can follow us follow us everywhere oh my goodness i'm tired follow us everywhere at gridwalk show on instagram tiktok twitter and threads we will be back to walk the formula one grid every single thursday and we sincerely hope you join us today felt like gridwalk was on purpose 